0: Welcome to another episode of Your Friendly Neighborhood Filmcast, a weekly podcast where we discuss cinema and spread the good word about movies. I am your host, Jack, and with me is returning guest, the lovely Audrey.
1: Thanks for having me again, Jack. I'm excited.
0: Thanks for being here, Audrey. We are going to be talking about our second Richard Curtis film today. And that is the 2013 film directed by Richard Curtis, not even just written by him, and that is About Time. It is described by IMDb as, and this is a little bit of a clunky description, but Google gave too much away.
1: Understandable.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's described as, at the age of 21, Tim discovers he can travel in time and change what happens and has happened in his own life. His decision to make his world a better place by getting a girlfriend turns out not to be as easy as you might think. So there we go.
1: I mean, that's that's about as succinct as you could make it for this one, I feel like. Yeah,
0: where you can give away the basic premise, but not anything beyond that.
1: Right. And I feel, um, accordingly, that our non-spoiler section will probably be fairly short this episode.
0: Yes, I will say this is the shortest amount of overall thoughts notes I have made, followed by a lot of spoiler-filled notes.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. So where do you want to start? What do we start with non-spoilery?
0: Okay, I'm curious, first of all, what your background is with this, and that might influence how you felt about this movie the first time watching it, depending on what you
1: did or did not know. That's true. Okay, so this movie, I don't remember exactly how old it is. I know you literally just said it, but that's my attention span for you. Um, I remember trailers for this coming out, and I like caught glimpses of, the- glimpses of them, but I don't think that I ever like sat down to watch it in full because the vibe the trailer gave me was that I was supposed to think that this was a really cute romance, but it seemed a little bit creepy the way he was using time travel to keep talking to her in the trailer. And so I was just like, I don't know like I'm just gonna sit on this one well then it showed up on Netflix a few years later and I put it on my list and it has sat on my list for years until we decided we were going to talk about this movie and then my sister and I watched it (laughs) so I've watched this very recently um after having basically just that tiny little trailer glimpse and going you know what the heck I'll just put it on my Netflix list and see how it goes
0: oh my gosh I had no idea that you hadn't seen it up until we were going to cover it I thought that maybe this was just a movie that you enjoyed and wanted to talk about.
1: You said it was on your list and I was like well it's been on my like to watch list for a really long time. Sounds like a good time. I love talking movies with Jack. This will be great. So I just yeah just decided to watch it after we talked about it that first time.
0: Wow. Oh my goodness. What about you? Okay I'm really glad that you described the trailer now because if I had seen the trailer, I probably wouldn't have wanted to see this movie. I didn't see any promotion for it. I think it was like a an issue of entertainment weekly because I still subscribe to mail copies of I am so glad to hear that you still subscribe to Entertainment Weekly, even though I'm upset that it's technically a monthly magazine now. But uh,
1: my parents got me a subscription when I was in high school because I was just like obsessed with with the Oscars and movies in general mm -hmm. and everything. And so, yeah, they kept paying for it through college. And then afterwards, I just picked it up. So
0: (laughs) same here. And it's hard to know if I ever will not subscribe even though I don't keep many of the issues anymore. I have a lot of issues from high school myself but as I've gotten older I keep less issues because I think I just don't like pop culture as much anymore but I still love that magazine regardless.
1: Well and like once I moved out of my parents house too and into my first apartment it was a lot harder to justify keeping just like stacks and stacks of magazines. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm just going to recycle a bunch of these and just keep like, you know, like 10 standout issues that can go on my bookshelf.
0: Yeah, same here. It's like every year I go through my stack again and see which ones I can keep and which ones I can get rid of. And yeah, I think that's how I found out about this movie was reading a review of it. And it sounded really charming through the review. And the review is fairly positive. I think it was somewhere in the B range, which... A B from them is pretty solid, so I'm like, okay, I'll check this out eventually. And um, that following summer, I rented it from Family Video, which, of course, is another
1: bygone. (laughs) I know, they've just announced they're shutting all their stores down. (laughs) So sad. (laughs) It's so sad. This is just like a blast from the past,
0: talking about (laughs) this movie. Like, physical copies of stuff is how I discovered it. But uh, yeah, I rented this thinking it was going to be a very charming romantic comedy, and it certainly is that, but upon having to return the DVD a couple of hours later, just to show you the headspace I was in, I sat in my car, and I don't know how long it was before I, like, actually you know, turned the car on and started driving. I just had to sit and process what I
1: watched. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that sounds about right. I um cried for a good chunk of the movie and just sat there for a long time afterwards, so I, I totally feel that.
0: Yeah. So what are your overall thoughts beyond, you know, sad for the last chunk?
1: So overall, I... I did find this movie to just be extremely charming and I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, because I, again, went into this thinking that it was going to be purely like a romantic comedy and those typically have some form of betrayal or misunderstanding or screw up or whatever and then big gesture and they get back together kind of thing. And so I was like waiting for that to happen and it felt like early on in the movie I was like, wow, this is moving really quickly and like nothing's going wrong. And my sister finally was just like, Audrey, nothing is going to go wrong. Like, you need to stop trying to find that in this movie because nothing is going to go wrong. And I was like, okay, good to know. So that like after that, I was able to really just like bask in the I don't want to say commonness, but it was very slice of life. And I wasn't expecting that. Like, it was just his life and her life and and Mm -hmm. their family. And like, I just let myself settle into that and the ups and downs of that. And it was just very it was so nice. (laughs)
0: Yes, this movie is very nice. And I think that it kind of touches on a theme of the film yesterday that we also discussed, which I'll save that for spoilers. But um, yeah, I thought that this was very charming and sweet. And I'm always a fan of sci-fi concepts in slice of life settings. In like mundane
1: settings. Yeah,
0: exactly. So this was like, right up my alley and it was the first time that I had seen Donald Gleason in a leading role and he's really good in this. I'd like to think that this was kind of what made him start getting cast more in leading roles.
1: It was definitely one of his breakout roles because it was early in his career because I think this was before Ex Machina which is the other one Mm -hmm. I can think of that he had a really big role in kind of at the beginning of his career.
0: Yeah but those are the only notes that I have that are spoiler free.
1: I don't have anything else I can say without spoiling something. I already feel like I've come very close to that line. So maybe we should just move into spoiler territory.
0: Okay, we are stepping into the closet. And we're entering into spoiler territory upon exiting the closet.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Okay, so where do you want to begin? Oh, man, I mean, with the big stuff, right? Like that's I feel like you know me well enough to know that that's kind of what I do is I just jump right into the big thing. So the big twist in this one is that his dad is dying of cancer and his dad has known for the whole film that there is not a moment in this film where his dad didn't know that he was dying of cancer because he has already tried to go back in time to change it to make that not be the outcome. And so I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about this. There is a non zero chance that I will cry in this episode. So, (laughs) Um, but regardless, like this movie ended up being so much about family in general and the trailers were super misleading because they led you to believe that it was just going to be about his relationship with rachel mcadams whose character i've already forgotten the name of but mary thank you mary just like his mom but yeah i they lead you to believe that it's going to just, just be about them but it's really about all the connections that he has and it's so much about him and his dad and him and his sister and i just I was already crying at the point where he found out his dad was dying. And then he goes and he's like, I feel like we've had this conversation before. Mm -hmm. And then it like dawns on him that his dad has known for a long time. And his dad being like, well, yeah, like no man retires at 50 unless he just wants to spend more time with his family. And then I just like started weeping. (laughs) Mm -hmm. because that's like the first one of the first lines of the movie is is when donald gleason's introducing his family he's like you know and this is my dad and he mostly reads and he was a professor until he retired at 50 and mostly he spends that time playing ping pong with me and i was just like that was like literally in the intro monologue so he has known this whole movie that he's going to die and then he can't like no amount of time travel can save him Because the other big thing, the other big twist in this movie is that if you go back before a point when your kids are born and you change anything of significance, that's like basically the only time we see the butterfly effect play out, Mm
0: -hmm. is that
1: because it's so specific to be those cells at one time, like that changing anything, like making the time even a tiny bit different can make it so that the kid that you thought you had wasn't isn't your kid anymore right and there's this really like gut-wrenching yeah. scene where Domino Gleeson realizes that but the dad was basically just like i think it was probably because i used to smoke all the time and i can't go back that far because it's before you guys were born and even so if i wasn't uh-huh. a smoker your mom probably wouldn't have been attracted to me because i was kind of a bad boy and i was just like oh he's been like sitting with this so long <sighs> anyway that was <laughs> that's the big one for me where i was just like oh
0: yeah, that was the big one for me too. I even put in all caps "different baby" in my notes.
1: Yeah, and the situation with um... So, oh my gosh, I forgot his character name too. Donald Gleason's character, Tim. Um, thank you, Tim and Mary. The only character's name that I somehow remember is that his weird, like, drunken playwright friend is named Harry, and that mm-hmm. his sister's name is Cat. No. Yeah. Yes. because They call
0: her Kit Kat. That's Kit the only Kat. reason I remember that.
1: Right. So <laughs> for whatever reason, all the names are escaping me. But so Tim and Mary, um, their relationship goes on. And after. So he initially meets her. Right. And he's living with Harry, who is this kind of failed playwright who used to be really good, who's played just excellently by Tom Hollander. I love him. But so he's living with Harry, and he finds out after this wonderful blind date, and I mean a literal blind date, they go to a restaurant where the lights are out so you can't see your partner and you're eating the whole time. So he has this wonderful date with Mary and, like, gets her phone number and stuff and then goes home, and Harry is in a horrible mood because basically an actor in his play that was, like, going to make him get big again completely forgot his lines, and so it's just, like, a total flop. And so... Tim goes back in time to help Harry. So it's this really altruistic thing. And that's what surprised me the first time is that like he went back in time, he he instead of going to this date, helped Harry and and mm-hmm. like the play goes well and but then he hasn't met Mary. Her number's not on his phone anymore. So then I was like oh, you poor thing, you know? Like, I thought it was going to be really creepy with him, like, trying to orchestrate meetings with her, but, like, he doesn't go back in time again. He makes sure that Harry's play is a success, and then he tries to remember the things that he spoke with Mary about so that he can find her and meet her again.
0: That was another thing that I was going to touch on is that it. this totally in someone else's hands could have been very creepy, and it definitely could have seemed more like Tim was manipulating these situations just to end up with Mary but it it's handled very well so I'm also very glad that I did not get that idea by seeing the trailer because this is just a very sweet consensual love story and I'm I'm very glad that he did not use a time travel to change that.
1: Yeah the trailer super super makes it seem he, and this is based off of what I remember of seeing it, but it super makes it seem that like he has mm-hmm. orchestrated everything. And so I was just like, Ehh. so like the scene where he goes to like the Kate Moss exhibit at the museum, super awkward, was basically mm-hmm. the only time that I felt like he was being kind of creepy, but he brings it back. And it's really yeah. helped by the fact mm-hmm. that their first meeting was genuinely so good and you could tell from that moment that they both were just so interested and invested so it's like okay so he gave up that Mm -hmm. perfect first meeting to help this guy he barely knew who hasn't been very nice to him and just decides that he's going to make the best of it and he's going to try again and I'm I was like wow that definitely could have been so off-putting but it just was endearing
0: it really was and I think the relationship that continues to develop between Tim and Mary is very healthy like it's nice that we don't see them argue very much
1: well and when they do argue it's like they both come back immediately there's nothing like super serious arguments they tend to be more playful disagreements and stuff but it's like they talk about it they take it in stride they keep moving forward together and um Mm -hmm. yeah so it does it just reads like a very healthy goofy relationship which is also part of the reason that I think I got really emotional is that so my husband and I tend to be really goofy and like humor is a huge part of our relationship it was a huge part of Tim and Mary's relationship in this movie and I was just like I just made it all that more grounded for me because I was like yeah it doesn't have to be big dramatic moments and it doesn't have to be big dramatic declarations all the time like The point, one of the things we said about yesterday, right, is that the point he makes is that there's nothing wrong with just living a simple life. And that's, like, the point of this movie. It's, like, the thesis is that Uh living a simple life and living with those that you love is, like, the point.
0: I would completely agree with that. And that was another note that I had, too. And I was like, I'm going to wait until the spoiler section to get more in-depth with this. But I think that as much as I liked the point of living simply in... Yesterday I think that it was explored more in this movie. Like it's brought up towards the very end of Yesterday, but I think that we see it play out way more in this movie.
1: He lets us kind of bask in it in this one whereas Yesterday yes. we, you just get like those final like 5 minutes really.
0: Yeah, exactly. I liked also that they made a point of um highlighting not just living simply but living intentionally. I loved that whole montage of, oh, my gosh, I can't think of Tim's dad's name.
1: I'm not the person to ask, clearly.
0: <laughs> that's OK. When he um talks about how he lives each day twice.
1: Just to appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Oh, um, I'm
1: sorry. My dog has something to say now, apparently. That's OK. Mel, it's OK. I don't know what she's hearing. <laughs> but yeah his dad lives each day twice he says once the first time right and the second time to just enjoy everything so it like gives him a new perspective on each day
0: that was around the part of the movie that i really started sobbing when they were showing him like living his life and appreciating every
1: moment and yeah the second time living the day and how it was like not a great day for him the first time around Mm -hmm. but then the second time he just was really enjoying himself and like noticing everything but also like uh, the gut punch right after that, where he's like, I don't even go back in time anymore. Like not even to live my days mm-hmm. twice. I just try to be present in the moment all the time. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I am losing it. Because <laughs> like, that's what all my therapy has yeah. been for. Right. Is like living in the present moment and just being present.
0: Yeah. And I think that's just like totally taken on a different meaning in our current situation where I know for me personally, I've looked back on even just the simplest day that I could have had where I could go to work and maybe like go out to a restaurant with friends or go to a movie theater and how I really can't safely do any of that anymore. And I think it just like, even if it means a lot to you before being in a pandemic, it it certainly means way more now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's... Just so this is something that my husband and I have done for years and we've done it before we did it before everything locked down but we're coming up on a year of lockdown mm-hmm. now and one of the things that I'm just really grateful for is that at the end of every day before we go to sleep where we say three good things and that can be like you know I laid on the couch with the dog today and I was able to have the window open because the weather was really nice or you know and like sometimes it's a bigger thing it's like oh I got a raise at work or this project went really well or something but a lot of the times it's literally just like you know how we were like sitting on the couch eating dinner together and then I leaned over on your shoulder like that was just really good today and so that's what this movie just like really like hit me with at the end I was like yeah just appreciating everything around you um finding the good where you can and oh just a lot of emotions in this one (laughs)
0: A lot of emotions, but my favorite type of genre, I guess, is lots of emotions about life and humanity. There's
1: times where like, so I like a lot of like goofy stuff and I like a lot of like action and fast paced stuff, but there's definitely times where I'm like, Mm hmm, "Hmm, really feeling like I want a good cry. And I always prefer to cry about like media versus to just like cry at my own circumstances because just how, I don't know, it's just more cathartic for me. Um same here to feel like i'm relating you know to something and so this is definitely one where i'm like that goes on the list like that i can just pull it out of my pocket if i need a good cry (laughs) and watch this one
0: for sure oh my goodness what else do you want to touch on because those are my main notes
1: i only had one other big one and that well two Mm -hmm. things the first one is a goofy little thing and i'll do that first it's basically um when him when he and mary get married uh, he's trying to decide who's best man will be, and he literally goes back in time. So we get to see each of them being best man, each of his options. So it's like the guy he works with, Rory, Harry, the playwright that he helped out, his longtime friend, Jay, who makes a lot of very inappropriate, like sex jokes and stuff. And finally, like the fourth time, he's settled on his dad, which is going to hit me in the face, I'm sure, on my rewatch, given what we know now. And his dad, at the end of his speech, is like, I should have said I love you at the end. And Tim's like, dad, you don't have to do it. And his dad goes back in time so he can redo his speech. And I was just like, this is so cute. And so like, it's so innocuous. Like they have this thing, right? They Mm -hmm. have this amazing thing traveling through time. And all they do is use it to make their lives and the lives of the people they love just a little bit better. And I just, oh man, it's, it was that was a moment that that really stood out to me I was like out of everything you could do like he just went back in time just to fix the speech just a little bit like (laughs) um so that was like the one of the other things and then the last thing I had was Kat she is going through some dark stuff in this movie and that was extremely hard to watch Mm -hmm. so she's essentially in an abusive relationship and Um, get like is drinking to cope with it and is late to Tim and Mary's daughter's birthday party, Posey, and she gets in a car accident. So, Tim initially goes back on time to try and change that, right? And that's when we find out that changing big things can like change your kids because he goes home and it's not Posey, it's a son instead. So, it turns out he has to let the car accident happen, Mm -hmm. and that was just like gut-wrenching to me because that's like another unspoken lesson of this movie is that like you can try to make every day better but like bad things are still gonna happen and it's not about making them not happen and it's not about avoiding hurt and avoiding pain it's about moving forward Mm -hmm. from those points right and and doing what you can and that was just it hit me very hard (laughs) because seeing someone in a position like that like in an abusive relationship is just it's very hard to watch because ultimately there's only so much you can do especially if they don't think it's abusive
0: i do appreciate that she was able to turn her life around because when the car accident happened that's when i expected that there was going to be a shift in the movie like she was going to die and there was going to be this huge tragedy and i'm very glad that it didn't go down that route like I think that this movie deals with tragic events or bad stuff in a very human way without like wringing it out for every dramatic uh twist that it can have if that makes sense
1: yeah that absolutely makes sense I also thought she was gonna die and I just think that like when he's trying to avoid the car accident he takes her back in time with him and like tells her the secret and that i was like oh gosh this is gonna break something but it didn't like it wasn't him telling someone it wasn't him bringing someone else back in time that messed things up it was just him realizing that it had changed his daughter and that he couldn't live with that and so like the cost of that was to let his sister go through this really hard thing but she needed to you know and like they get back from that time travel and she turns out to be with Jay and everything like that. Well, that ends up happening anyway, like that they go forward in time. And she's like, I got to break up with, you know, the asshole and find a good guy. And um, and Tim's just like, well, you know, Jay's always had a crush on you. And so it's like it doesn't feel like fate right like it doesn't feel like it's inevitable because there are different changeable moments but it's just like a you can mm-hmm. still nudge things in a different direction and um, yeah that was just it was just a lot it was a twist that I wasn't expecting and so much of this movie was that and that doesn't happen very often for me so I really enjoyed it
0: that's good I'm glad that this was a, a good experience despite being a <laughs> very sad and emotional at
1: times i mean i there's no i'm never gonna make it through a movie that has like a parental funeral scene without crying that's just a given but Mm -hmm. yeah the which like the very last thing right the reason that it hits so hard after his funeral is that he can still go back and talk to his dad but then he and mary decide to have a third kid and he basically goes to visit his dad and realizes he's not going to be able to go back anymore and that scene was so hard it was so hard like I was crying so much and this is the part where they like kind of break their own in universe rules because the dad is like you know well we can just go for a walk on the beach and so they go and Tim's like a little kid again and the dad's so much younger and stuff but they're not trying to change anything so it doesn't affect the kids they Mm -hmm. just go for a walk on the beach and it was just really good also that was the director's son in that scene oh
0: I did not know that (laughs) I can't even imagine what it would be like to be a child of Richard Curtis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he writes some intense stories.
0: He does. And I think in the best way possible. They're very emotionally intense, which is so sweet and human. And I appreciate that very much.
1: They feel grounded in reality, even when he's exploring science fiction concepts.
0: Mm-hmm. Well... Do you have anything else you would like to touch on? I
1: feel like I spoke a mile a minute here, so I apologize in advance to your listeners. Uh, I don't think I have anything else, except for that we left out Margot Robbie entirely, and I think that that speaks to something about this movie in general, is that her part's like so inconsequential.
0: Yes, I even like was thinking about that as we were talking, and I was going to bring it up, and I forgot about it once again, because it is that <laughs> inconsequential.
1: She's like charming and stuff as ever in that movie but the whole thing is like t- she's tim's first crush and like this summer and basically he has just found out about time travel so he like tries different days like asking her and confessing his feelings and every single time she's like well maybe try me the next day or maybe you sh- mm-hmm. should have tried yesterday and basically like is just given him the roundabout and like that's it and it just seems like it's like this jumping off point for him like in his quest for romance but then like she shows up later and he basically is just like like she wants to invite him into her apartment and he's basically just like yeah no i gotta go and then goes home and proposes to mary and it's very sweet Mm
0: -hmm. it is yeah and this was one of the first things that i saw her in too like when i saw this movie i remember thinking oh that's the girl from wolf of wall street that was the only other thing i'd seen her in
1: at the time yeah i didn't have really any context of like the trajectory of her career because i didn't know she was in this movie at all and i knew wolf of wall street was not really my thing so i didn't watch it so for me it was like she was in justice league she was in i tanya she was in bombshell um she was in birds of prey which (sighs) birds of prey but um but yeah I like didn't register her before that so I was pleasantly surprised that she was in this
0: yeah yeah everyone in this movie is really good I I enjoy the performances so just wanted to
1: oh and the well. uncle he was such a sweetie the whole time
0: oh yeah <laughs> he was basically set dressing but I just loved him
1: uh sorry now I'm done now I swear I'm done
0: <laughs> you're good no I I really enjoy all of the the fun side characters in this yeah so i guess with that i will ask you have you watched any good movies or tv shows lately
1: i really really have not i caved and watched wandavision i know that we had previously talked about it and Mm -hmm. i told you i was kind of on the fence um, but I finally was like, you know, this just seems really conceptually like stylistic. So even if I don't really care about the story, I probably will enjoy it from a technical perspective. Um, I wasn't wrong. I really enjoyed it from a technical perspective. I have predicted every single thing that has happened so far, so I can't really speak to the writing. <laughs> um, but I'm really enjoying it. It's been a very fun time. And I always forget that Randall Park is in the MCU. He plays uh, FBI agent Jimmy Wu from Ant-Man and he's in the WandaVision series. And so I have very much enjoyed seeing him. But that's really it. I haven't watched a whole lot else lately. Have been just reading a lot of books lately instead. How about you?
0: Well, I do have to say I'm right there with you in terms of WandaVision. I have still been enjoying it stylistically, but uh, can't say as much about the writing as well. Not that I dislike it. I can count on one hand probably the amount of TV shows I watch in any given year because I'm just very picky about the TV shows that I end up watching. But, I mean, it speaks to the show that I'm still watching it, but I think it's definitely more for stylistic reasons rather than...
1: It helps me also to know... um First of all that the show is meant to be the lead up to the next Doctor Strange movie which I did enjoy the first one. Mm-hmm. It not my favorite by any means but definitely enjoyed it and I think they have a lot of room to play and so that yeah. was something where I was like okay, intriguing. But then the second thing that helps me is knowing that it only has nine episodes and it's only going to be this one season. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't have to keep up with this. Like, I can watch nine episodes. I can enjoy myself, like, can just bask in the glory that is Catherine Hahn and not worry about it and not feel obligated to keep up with it, basically, other than watching the next Doctor Strange movie, which I was going to do anyway. So
0: yeah, it's it's a nice little uh, in between.
1: Yes. It's been fun to watch for sure. I really love the like sitcom styles that they've done. And I spent some time like trying to predict which ones they would pay homage to as the show went on um, and have had a blast talking about stuff with my friends. So that's the thing that is really enjoyable for me is that even if so far... I have predicted everything <laughs> correctly uh, being able to talk about it with my friends at all is just like the enjoyment of watching a show because I rarely watch stuff on my own and this one mm-hmm. I watched with my husband so but I had some other friends who I knew were watching it also so that was like part of the draw was being able to just theorize with them and say did you catch this detail like that kind of thing so
0: that has been a lot of fun yes <laughs> yeah for me i haven't really watched much either i mean i know that i technically do watch stuff throughout the week it's just not anything that i haven't mentioned before or stuff that i'm like i don't necessarily feel like i need to mention this but um one movie that i did watch recently which is certainly not uh new by any means but i had never sat down and watched the entire thing was the big lebowski
1: oh my gosh (laughs) That one's intense. What did you think?
0: I have to say I had a really good time with it. I mean, I don't agree or appreciate some of the language that's in it by any means. But uh, in terms of just a movie that kept my attention the entire time and kept me entertained, I had a pretty good time with it. And I have to say a group of friends who can go bowling and enjoy each other's company feels very utopian right now so i enjoyed that aspect too
1: oh yeah there was a time in my life where i uh mixed up the big lebowski and kingpin which if you've never seen kingpin it's about um like a bowler who basically gets on the wrong side of like a gang and i think it has woody harrelson in it and essentially Mm -hmm. the horrifying scene in that one is that they stick his hand in one of the ball return things and it like It's bad. It's gross. I don't really know how I got those two movies mixed up, except that I saw pieces of both of them when I was way too young to see either of them.
0: Gotcha. And they just
1: became the same in my head.
0: I understand. There's definitely movies that I've mixed up before, although I can't necessarily think of any. I'll I'll eventually think of them.
1: Most of the ones I mix up are, like I said, from when I was a kid and like they were on TV or it was something my dad was watching and I was too young to be watching it. And then I was made to leave the room. And then years later, I was like, I wonder what that was. And like trying to figure it out and realizing that I'd splice two movies together.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, at the time of this podcast, do you have anything that you would like to plug or?
1: Yes, So, um, I am the co-host of a podcast called Mordor She Wrote. My friend Kayla has never read or seen any Lord of the Rings stuff except for the Hobbit book. And I'm a longtime fan who has read and watched all of them way more than is healthy. And we are reading chapter by chapter. We're on like chapter six of Fellowship right now. And we would love it if you would check it out it's pretty quick episodes so we're mordor Mm -hmm. underscore she wrote on twitter and instagram that's the best place to find us um and then the other thing i would like to plug is that i am the co-author of a tabletop game so if you like dungeons and dragons fifth edition um we made a sci-fi hack called spaceships and star worms you can find us at star worms on twitter which is star worms with an y like dragon so those are the two things i would plug I think that's just my usual, you know?
0: Yeah, that's good stuff. Check it out, people. And you can find the podcast at YourFNFilmCast on Twitter. The email is FriendlyNeighborhoodFilmCast at gmail.com. And I recently, well, I guess not recently. It was like back in late October, early November. I did a guest spot on the Saturday Morning Obscurities podcast hosted by Friends of the Pod... Melissa and Jams and uh we talked about Oogie Loves and it's
1: I just listened to that one and it is so hysterical.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm glad that someone listened to it. I'm like, who on earth is going to enjoy this besides the three of us who like recorded the podcast? And we didn't even enjoy it,
1: but like we had fun recording <laughs> the episode. Oh my god. Jack, I have to tell you, when I was in college, my sophomore year, my roommate had a poster. Of the Oogie Loves and the Big Balloon Adventure that she hung up in our room because she had gotten to go to a free screening of it.
0: Oh my gosh, I have so
1: many questions. I would answer them if I could, but honestly, she never answered my questions, so... Wow. I'm so glad
0: that someone else knows about Oogie Loves.
1: I thought that I was making them up at one point and so did all of my friends. And so I had to like find the movie and send them to the IMDB link to be like, this is a real thing. This is a real thing that exists.
0: Unfortunately, it was. <laughs> but yeah, that that was an episode that I recorded and it was a good time. And I'm, I'm glad that you had a good time listening to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, then. Enjoy the episode.